what do I define about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, you know, respond. Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkAndSpill.com. And on this episode, this is a wild card episode. This is the spill, um, the spill part of Network and Spill. And I'm doing these because I want to bring in specialists and experts and people who are really, really good at what they do, who I want to shed some light and to become like a guiding, a guiding light in this journey on this route that we're taking and just all kinds of stuff. So you never know what's going to be on this spill. And this is one of my first ones I think I've been doing. Um, So I'm really excited to have somebody from the Dallas area on here. She's a yogi or a yogini, actually. I don't know which one. We'll have to talk about that. Um, And she's somebody who is just an amazing, amazing bright light who I met there when I went to um, this yoga studio called black swan and i fell in love with it it's actually like one of my top two studios in the u.s i think at this point like i love black swan so so much and i met a bunch of people there and it was crazy because i met a lot of black women teaching yoga there and i was like what never have i ever experienced that in my whole life and i got to experience that in dallas which really shocked me in like the best way and so we connected after class one day and I got her information. She set up a call with me so we could do like a reading because she does tarot readings. And of course, I was like, heck yeah, let's do it. And um, it was really fun. And so we met up and we had a, a call. It was a beautiful record. We did such amazing things um, in that session in, in Dallas over the summer, actually. That was earlier this year. Uh, or yeah, earlier this fall, whatever, earlier this year, it was like mid-year and uh, it was just so great. And so I wanted to have her on the show again. So Brittany Addison Prescott is here and um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, thank you so much. So my name is Brittany Addison Prescott. I do have a double last name because some people do think that I tell them my middle name when I tell them my whole name. I'm like you, I'm Brittany Danielle Addison Prescott. I'm a yoga instructor here in Dallas, Texas. I own um, my studio called Addison Prescott. I teach uh, yoga, meditation, and spiritual guiding through tarot and uh, empathic intuitive reading. Sweet. And yeah, so do you remember we, we met? We'll do like a how did we meet real quick. Um, so we met over the summer at Black Swan. So I want to talk about um, your experience um, just real quickly as a yoga teacher just in general. And just give us a little background on your on your practice and kind of how you've evolved spiritually over that, maybe over just last, the last year. Yes, absolutely. So, um, this is like a pretty, I'm just so grateful to be literally alive and here because this actually, this week was my anniversary of my overdose death. And that is actually how I got into yoga is that I used to live in uh, New York city and I was in a high fashion. So I worked in uh, visual merchandising and I had my dream job that just became my nightmare. And I just experienced some very, um, I want to say I was the caustic tale of what you, what happens when you don't take care of yourself in New York city. I had, you know, a beautiful apartment on the upper West side. I had the job. I had the, the girlfriend. I had the clothes. I literally had every single thing you could ever want 
at that age, I believe I was like 26 and 20, 25, 26, 27 when I was living in New York, but I was also living a fast life in New York too. So anything that would take me out of the present moment, any drug, any alcohol, I would do it. And I was also in a very abusive relationship too. And that does mean, um, it was emotionally abusive. It was financially abusive. It was physically abusive. Like anything that could destroy a person, I was involved in that. And on, let's see, September of 2012, I had my first seizure and that seizure killed me. And I was uh, in a, a Starbucks and it just took me out. And I remember when I had that seizure, I saw the, what some people say, the light or I saw God. I'm not really sure what I saw, but I remember very vividly this voice saying, you have work to do and your life is not in your hands. And I was thinking, well, yes, I do have work to go to tomorrow. But I, at that moment, I didn't understand what the work was. And I'll never forget waking up in the back of the EMS. And they were resuscitating me. And I remember thinking, what just happened? I just thought I took a nap or something. I didn't know that I was dead until they told me. And that still didn't stop me. So December of 2012, I went back and just in true drug addict fashion, I went back and did the same thing again. And I ended up in the hospital now on the Upper East Side because that's where they found me. And I was at the hospital and I just said to myself, okay, God, clearly I'm not paying attention to something. So I trust you and I want you to tell me what to do. And I remember, this is so funny, I saw a vision of Austin, Texas, and I was like, perfect, I'm going to move to Austin. So as soon as I got out of the hospital, my partner and I at that time, I decided to part ways uh, because she found a girlfriend that looked just like me. And I thought, well, at least she got someone to fall back on. So I decided to get on a bus and I took the long way home, um, thinking that I would be in Dallas, Texas just for two weeks, just to, you know, just still and my parents get, get it together, whatever, quote unquote, get it together, men, and uh, go to Austin. And my friend, this two week trip to Dallas, Texas has been for six years this month. And that actually started my spiritual journey because that is also how I started yoga. I actually went to therapy thinking that I was just depressed and I needed someone to talk to to help me get back on my feet and say, you know, help me figure out my life. And this woman told me, well, um, I'm sorry, I can't let you leave because you actually have a problem. So we're going to put you in a in taste of intensive outpatient therapy. And on top of that, you're going to have to find something else to do with your uh, personal time. Since you're not drinking, you're not drugging, you're not doing eating disorder, we're going to have to help you find something to do. So I went to go get some tacos at Velvet Taco, and my first yoga mentor walked into the door, and she said, you, you look familiar. And I was like, well, you don't look familiar. And she bought me my tacos, and she sat and talked to me, and she said, you know what? Why don't you meet me at the Larry North uh, gym, and I'll teach you yoga, and I promise you, you'll be a happier person. And I thought, well, girl nothing can top what just happened to me the past couple of weeks. So that's fine. And I have been on the yoga mat from since December, 2012. And I started teaching in August of 2015, um, right before the Neiman Marcus group layoff. So I missed it by a week. So that is very much so the abridged version of how it became spiritual because I also had to go to AA and Al-Anon. So that's how I was reintroduced to God wow. or the spiritual calling. Mm-hmm. Wow. I've been sober also for six years too. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. I did not know that about you. We didn't really get a chance to like sit down and like have a 
have like girls time. We didn't really do that. We did a reading and we texted a little bit, but we didn't get to, to talk, talk. So I'm glad that, um, I thank you for sharing that. And, um, yeah, that's, that's really, really interesting. And I'm glad that you said, you know, that, that, that situation at Velvet Taco, which by the way, I very much miss. <laughs> I'm not a huge <laughs> taco person, but I miss that. It was so good. Um, but yeah. I, I'm glad that you brought up that you met someone there and that spiraled into something, you know, bigger that changed your life and that impacted your life and that builds, it built a lot of the foundation that you had as you were kind of getting your shit together, um, in Dallas. So it's crazy how one person can, can do that for you. Um, and you really never know when they're going to show up. I mean, I think, like you said, when the, when you're, when, what is it? When the student is ready, the teacher when the student is ready, the teacher will come. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you said that. And so, um, for everybody listening, I definitely want you to kind of make a mental note of that. And just the power I talk about, you know, how one person can change everything all the time, but I feel like it gets said a lot and it gets, you know, if you're like, yeah, sure. Kind of like the, when the student is ready, the, the teacher appears, that gets kind of blown off a lot too, but it really can mean something huge for your life. Um, in so many different ways. So, okay. So we met, like I said, this year and um, we did a reading and it was amazing. But one of the things that I've learned over the years um, through yoga and obviously meditation and a lot of the books I've read is the power of having this connection to spirit or to source or to God or to whoever, um, you know, you believe. But can you talk a little bit about what people who are feeling lost or who are feeling at their, you know, sort of wits. And this year, a lot of people I feel like have anxiety ending the year because they feel like they didn't do enough or they weren't present enough or um, they didn't accomplish what they wanted. Like there's a lot of that. Um, what is the word? Not desperation, but it's just, they are, it's not destitute either. I don't know what the word is. Somebody's saying it right now and it'll come to me, but um, that, that feeling you get at the end of the year where you're just like, OMG, I wish I had done blank more or less of something. Um, I wish I would have stood up for myself or gotten stronger in this area, whatever. So for those people who are feeling that way, um, maybe who are just like, eh, this year was just meh. What do you recommend to them for finding um, that better, stronger connection with source and then themselves? Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful question. So those are my favorite people to give readings to because when we quote unquote feel lost, what's really happening is we have attached ourselves to a behavior that are no longer serving us. And what happens with that is we know now we need to change. We know now that we need to go a different direction, but what direction do we go to? And I always tell every single yoga student I teach and every single, um, I call my babies, every baby that comes to my house to have a reading is it's all right. It's okay. You were meant to do that. And when it's supposed to happen and the quote unquote it, when you're supposed to have your spiritual awakening, which is the lost part, it will happen. Because when we think about having a spiritual awakening, we think it's all sunshine and roses. We're like, ooh, we're going to skip through the valley. We're going to have our Beyonce moment. We're going to have our Cardi B moment. We're going to live our best life. And I'm like, no, that's not what's going to happen. You're going to lose everything, including your mind. And you will feel lost. You will feel as if, there is nothing left for you to do. And that is exactly where you're supposed to be. And what I think about God, this is what I learned in AA, it's the gift of desperation, the, the gift of desperation or good orderly direction. And when some people say, well, I don't like my religion or I don't like to pray. Well, you're thinking, aren't you? Thoughts are prayer. You have to be mindful of your thought process. That's what meditation does. 
Meditation does not clear your mind. It helps you observe your thoughts. And when you're in observation, so when you're looking at what you're seeing or seeing what you're doing, that's why we also need to know what meditation works well for you. For some people, meditation might be listening to their favorite song 15 times in a row. Sometimes some people meditate by walking or putting their feet in the grass. Literally, some people like to hug trees. More power to them. Mm-hmm. What helps me is journaling. What helps me is reading um, reading uh, certain uh, pages on Instagram, and you were one of them. So when I met you in my yoga class, I was like, oh, my God, I know who she is. This is a blessing. Because what you're doing is you're changing the way you're thinking. So you're telling your subconscious mind, I'm affirming you by um, accepting that this is not working. So when you are in observation, when you're in that point of desperation, that is your spiritual awakening. That's your empty spot. That's your lost spot. So another thing I also tell people is be grateful for your journey. Be grateful for your challenges. Be grateful that you lost the job. Be grateful for the breakup. Be grateful for the trauma you went through because gratitude actually brings the answer. Because when we're grateful for our journeys and grateful that spirit has brought us to a certain place, a certain person, a certain situation, a certain feeling, it's like um, getting alarmed. Like, hey, look over here. And this year with all the anxiety going on, we say in the metaphysical world that the anxiety is saying that you're going too fast in the right direction. You need to stop and be clear and make some concrete plans. And if we're not clear, that's when the anxiety attacks and the depression starts. So um, I believe the last thing I could say about what can we do um, as a ritual or something that's very spiritual is count your breath. Be aware that you're breathing. Put your hands on your face. Put your hands on your teeth. What do you smell right now? Is your tongue in your mouth? Because those things start to bring you back to the present moment. Because if we're too thinking too fast in the future or too fast in the past, we're not being present with ourselves. And all the blessings and all the miracles happen in the present moment. And when we're present, we're grateful for where we are, who we are, and how we are. Yep. That's true. That's absolutely true. So meditation for me was something that I learned, I guess, from like Oprah and Deepak when I think it was just Deepak at the time who was doing these um, 30 day challenges or technically I think they were 21 day challenges. And then he brought on Oprah at some point because Oprah found out and was like, I want to get involved. And so Oprah and Deepak, did they do these? I want to say they're almost every year, twice a year, I think they do them. And that's how yeah. I learned about um but I was doing it literally when Deepak first started doing them uh, by himself before Oprah got involved. Because I remember when Oprah got involved, it changed a little in a good way. It just, it just changed. But I learned how to, um, there's so many different ways to meditate. There's so many different ways to come back to yourself, to come back to the present moment. And we could do an entire episode on just breath work. Um, but I think it's important to notate that there's not one size fits all for, you know, just like prayer. Some people pray with rosary beads. Some people pray on their knees. Some people pray um, by writing down devotional stuff. Some people pray in church every Sunday. So it just, everyone does it different. And that's totally, totally, totally okay. It's just, you have to experiment and find what feels good. Um, And I don't know if you know, do you know um, Adrian, the yogi in in Austin? Um, Adrian, she talks a lot about that. Her whole tagline is find what feels good. And she's always talking about that. And I love that because you do, you have to do the work to kind of figure out what works for you. Um, There's lots of different types of yoga. There are lots of different types of 
meditation. There's lots of different, like you said, hugging trees, walking, mindfulness, etc. So um, I will put some resources. And, and Brittany, if you're down, if you want to send me some of your top resources, I can put those as far as like books and maybe some YouTube videos in the show notes for people to actually go and find. Um, I think I did a download like a while ago on meditation because I, I believe in it so much. Um, and I can also see if I can like uncover that and find it somewhere and put that in the show notes as well for you guys. If anybody's interested in just trying meditation out this new year, just in general, um, I'll leave that. So um, cool. So let's talk a little bit more about yoga. So I wanted you to speak before we got on the call, you mentioned the people that you work with and, um, and, and spirituality a little bit. So I want you to, if you can remember and go back and kind of repeat some of that for everybody listening. Oh yes, absolutely. So my community that I teach, they're actually a reflection of me. And um, I also wanted to make that one uh, clear because I work with uh, empathic intuitive people. Um, in these days, we don't say that we're clairvoyant anymore. I thought that was interesting when I started to find out why I was getting sick with adrenal fatigue all the time. Um, is I found out that I was an empath and most empathic people are very sensitive to other people's feelings, other plants, feelings, other animals, feelings like they, we are very much so in tune, not only with nature, but also with other people's nature, but it can get to the point where we are not aware of ourselves. And that's why some of the illnesses that we have going on that I've noticed in my practice are going on. So most of us empaths have digestive issues. We also have um, anxiety, uh, depression, and um, um, a sense of loneliness. That's what I've I've noticed a lot. But my community is mainly not only empaths um, and highly sensitive people, but also gay, um, the gay community, their LGBTQ community, mainly the gay men. And I've just noticed with their spirituality, it has come from, we have come from families that have a, that have had a strict background or have had a strict traumatic background that has bred the empathic intuition. And one of the sources I will forward you is Dr. Judith Orlock and author, and author, also Dr. Judith Caroline, excuse me, Dr. Caroline Mass. And they, they both of them speak about um, empathic intuitive people and also naturally born clairvoyant people. And we have come from two different places. Either we were born through trauma and it came that way, or we were naturally born that way, and our parents nurtured us. I actually came from the other from the other side, where I was born um, naturally psychic and naturally intuitive, but I was also traumatized because my mom did not like me telling other people's business. But I didn't know what was going on until I accidentally told my mom her business, and she didn't know that I knew, and I didn't know that I was telling her anything. Um, but I have noticed that with my specific clientele, they are all people who need boundaries and. Uh, discipline to uh, to learn how to move with the world. When I was working with my doctor, uh, Dr. Judith Klein, out here in uh, Dallas, she told me that I needed to learn how to be one in the world and not one of the world. And in AA or in the other spiritual places I go, we also say to learn how to be one among many and a friend among friends and a person among persons. So my private practice most definitely helps people with these beautiful gifts learn how they're meditating, learn how they receive their intuitive gifts and learn how to trust themselves more because this, uh, my practice, and especially with me, um, I have to learn how to trust spirit all day, every day. And it's also important for your, uh, podcast community to know that we say spirit 
because it's an all-encompassing term to incorporate our spirit guides that can be our ancestors who have passed over, my grandma, my grandma, both my grandmas on my mom and my father's side, um, our ancestors, so the people who have come before us. They can also be, I've channeled dogs before, so animal pets. Um, I've seen some quite some interesting things with my medium work. Um, and it also does incorporate our ascended masters. So ascended masters means Jesus, Yogananda, Buddha, Gandhi, whoever has given a spiritual message that resonates with someone. So that's why we say spirit, higher power, divine energy source, because we want to be all incorporate, um, all encompassing. So with my clientele, I help them walk through what hurts them in their religion of choice. Like I was raised in the Baptist church. My parents adopted me and they were Jewish. So clearly those two conflicting situations. So I found what worked for me, just like you said, um, I, I did the work to found that what worked for me and I get to incorporate that in my work. I also walk with my students and also with my clientele with, um, if you can make up any God, what would it be? How would that love support you? How can you, what would that look like? And we sit down and we really go in depth with what would you like to set your intentions towards? Who would you like to pray to? And if that still does not resonate with them, what does your heart want? And some of them just really want crystals and we can do that because there's a, because those crystals have um, physical properties that help too. So our, my clientele is most definitely, um, I like to call us light workers because we're all people who said, you know what? I know that I've gone through this really traumatic stuff and I know that there's only one Brittany and there's one me. So if we can all link arms and start to share the message of there's a spirit, there's a piece of spirit within each and every one of us. And let's just try to be kind to her and kind of compassionate to ourselves first. Then we're going to turn around and uh, help other people. It just starts to have this beautiful ripple effect. And I think that is um, how we actually connected Whitney is because we had a such a, a magnetic, very strong, uh, very strong backgrounds and even like similar names. Like it was even down to the almost similar car. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> yes. And also the fact that I took your, your yoga class and I could not stop laughing because you are so incredibly funny. It, it's that honestly I think about it all the time. I loved that yoga studio and the power of the teachers and the people who would go. And it was just such a, a reprieve for me while I was there because I was going through some stuff and I was struggling and I am an empath and learning what that means and connecting more with myself so that I can show up for my clients and for people who listen to my show and people who I meet on the street and stuff like that. So I was dealing with some shit and you made the class funny and it was just your sense of humor and I found that there aren't a lot of people who have the same sense of humor as I do and I think it is because I am so multifaceted in the things that I watch and the music I listen to and the shows that I tune into and all of that um my sense of humor is is a little bit more I don't want to say it's a little bit more evolved but it's definitely different than like mainstream um like slapstick sort of just like the mainstream comedy that you see on the the sitcoms and whatnot. So um, you just made me laugh and it was funny. And after the class, I was like, yo, that was so much fun. And it's funny because we're in the class and I'm like one of the only black chicks in the class and who's like actually going through the flow. And um, you know, this like, there were people there who just didn't get it. And I could see it just your jokes going over their heads. And I'm like, and that made it even funnier because I'm like, yo, they, 
they don't even know how funny this is. And so I think one of the things that I take from meeting you was, was that, and that even though you are going through something, even though you are pushing yourself, because those yoga classes were not easy. I have never done hot yoga before. I have never, um, I've still never done Bikram because I refuse, but I've, I've never done hot yoga that many times. And I've never sweat as much as I have in a, in a hot yoga class. And so we're in that class and we're hot and we're bothered and we're uncomfortable at times. Like it's hard. Some of the shit is hard. And you were giving us these affirmations and this information to take with us and then making us laugh and kind of distracting us from some of the, the poses and also helping us tune in so that we don't distract ourselves from some of the work that we need to do and the focus that we need to have. So I really appreciated you as a teacher. And it was also really inspiring for me because I've always wanted to be, um, a yoga teacher. I just haven't had that like consecutive time to do the training. So that's, that's a huge goal for me in 2019. But, um, but yeah, so that's how we met and that's how we connected and how I experienced your class. So one thing I did want to talk about is when I went to have my reading with you, you gifted me with some crystals. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about how you work with them, what you think about them, what you like about them and how you use them on a regular basis. Oh my God. I'm sorry. You made me go back and remember your yoga class because, oh my God, <laughs> it was, oh girl. Um, you know, to your point, I teach with humor and I do even my tarot readings with humor because everybody is so serious. And, and you know what, like, listen, life is tough. I always tell my students, you know what, as soon as you wake up and say, you know, what, I'm going to go ahead and do it today. It's going to suck sometimes. And that's why you got to affirm yourself as soon as you get out of bed. And that's a ritual. Thank you. That is one of my favorite prayers. Thank you. And wow. And my other one is help. And sometimes I say them all three times, about 15 times a day, because you never know which one's going to come up. But um, the crystals, the crystals, um, actually, I feel like they kind of came naturally because they helped me when I was going through such a hard time with my partner back in uh, February. And that's actually how I found out about all this clairvoyance stuff. Um, cause I I say I had a $10,000 nap because of all the adrenal fatigue and being an empath. And that is someone who's highly sensitive, but I did not have boundaries. I was continuously sick and I was always going to the doctors and the doctors were on all these tests. And they're like, sister, we can't find anything wrong with you. Maybe you should take a nap. And I'm like, uh, well, naps don't pay bills. So I don't know how this gonna work. But with the crystals, I feel like because I do I am heavily connected with my intuition and intuition does mean learning from the inside out. It means trusting your heart. It means trusting your gut, which is your stomach, which means taking your brain with you last because those are actually your energy centers. Your heart is your first brain. Your gut is your second brain. That's why we say trust your gut. And your third, your third brain is your actual brain, which is the logic. And because I was constantly praying and meditating and asking spirit, like what is going on with me? I naturally started using Instagram and I found out this place called Soltopia and Soltopia introduced me to crystals. And I also went to this little house, which is very, very, uh, it's one of the top 10 places to visit out here in Dallas. It's called Labyrinth where there's real witches who, um, are also women of AA. I'm just like, what is going on with AA? Cause like everybody is up in here mixing and mixing and mingling that these ladies own this purple house. And they also told me the truth about who I am. And I think it's also important that once you set our intentions or pray to spirit, like what is going on with me and you open that field up, you will be naturally attracted to the answer. You don't have to search. It'll show up. 
because you have made a, you made a decision to move forward. So the crystals, um, they all have a meditative properties. So the reason why I prescribe them is they are an aid. They are not a substitute for therapy. And I am not an aid. And I'm, I am an aid to therapy, but I'm not a substitute. I walk hand in hand with a regular therapist. I will always refer someone to them. My job as a healer is to pull up or to be the mirror of what needs to be healed. I will offer crystals. I always offer um, these four crystals um, with any reading. Uh, the first one is called um, a clear quartz. And the clear quartz balances all of your energy lines, better known as your chakras. I also always give a, um, a rose quartz, which has to do with your heart. And it has to do with uh, unconditional love and also unconditional self-love and self-forgiveness. I always give an amethyst, which is that purple crystal that everybody sees, even Urban Outfitters carries them now. Um, that one is to have a sober mind, and it's also for protection. And the last one, which is um, it's called selenite. So selenite is what we call a natural charger. It is um, sage. And sage is that that's the... Have you seen that meme that says, what is that, uh, that spiritual blunt y'all be smoking? Well, it's not a spiritual blunt. It's literally just <laughs> white sage or Palo Santo, but it's now in a crystal form and it helps you remove the energy from the day off. So I always recommend those. And I have started making, um, liquid sage with uh, Florida water and Florida water is one of my favorite ancestor things that I use. So the crystals all have properties and some people who are really into crystals i haven't gotten there yet give me some time um they really think that these crystals are people i'm like you know what that's a little far from me but you go ahead and believe what you do that girl but all of these crystals have a particular property to help you and when i know that someone is a strong empath i give them um, a pyrite which is what we call full gold but it also brings prosperity and abundance um, I believe when you came to my house and I also wear one because of you now, I gave you a Uconite and a Uconite is to help you with relationships with people and with relationships with yourself. And it also helps you find this grounding because all of these crystals come from the earth. So it gives you a grounding situation and being grounded means your feet are firmly planted on the floor. So when you start to feel these feelings, you're not going to fly off like a balloon. Wow. And I love my crystals. I got really into them after, because I had heard about them. You know, you hear about them, um, but I hadn't really delved into it at all. So um, you gifted that to me. And it was, it's always fun to get like presents, especially like unexpected ones. And so I took it home and I was like, ooh, I got something. And then I looked them up, right? Because you sent me the information and I looked them up. And then um, literally the next, a week or two later, I was driving through Florida and um, I went through Louisiana first and then I hit Florida and one of my friends and I were just hanging out and we were perusing some random place and near, I think it was FAMU and we turned the corner and there was like a gem place. It was a hippy dippy place. I was like, Ooh, we have to go in there. So we went in there and I dropped like a hundred dollars on more crystals. And I, I just took them with me as I was traveling, but I love how I have different ones for different reasons and learning about them was such a fun journey. So if anybody is listening and you're interested in crystals, I'm sure you've all at least at, at some point seen or heard about them. Um, but if you do have interest, because they are really pretty to look at, right? If nothing else, mm -hmm. you can, um, you know, use them to decorate maybe your, your dresser or your, um, your nightstand or your mantle or whatever. It's just, they're really pleasurable to look at and um, they're easy to learn about and they're fun. And so go to your local place. Maybe you have a place like the labyrinth near you. Um, Dallas is, 
that's theirs and there's a bunch of other places. And then in every major city, you know, there's, you'd be surprised. Just go on Yelp, do some research and you'll find some places and, and look into it. Um, I will put a couple links, maybe to some videos in the show notes just to get you started. Um, I love my crystals. I have them everywhere. Um, it's funny. People wear them like in their bra, in their, in their, mm-hmm. I'll find them in my coat pocket. Sometimes I keep one in my car. Uh, I actually keep a couple in my car. Um, I have one in my sunglasses case. I don't even know how it got there. Um, but it's for like travel and stuff like that. And so I keep it, you know, you just, whatever, there's probably a couple in my purse. You just put them wherever they're fun. Um, that's been my experience with crystals. So definitely recommend them to everybody listening. Oh yes. And then one more thing, Brittany, um, I also noticed my godfather, who's a prominent businessman here in Dallas, he keeps them on his desk. Yeah. He keeps clear crystals. He keeps pyrite. Because he says, you know, Brittany, they help people calm down. And actually, people are more forthcoming with me when they have my crystals on my desk. And that was just such a shock that he's 73, I think. And he wholeheartedly believes in those crystals. Exactly. And it's a thing. I mean, I I think it's just like, you know, anything else, like those... um the old wives tales you hear about putting your purse on the floor and um, leaving the toilet seat up and even feng shui, right? These belief systems that people have, you know, if you believe in it, you believe in it and it becomes real for you. Um, I believe that if I put my, my purse on the floor, that it's going to make me poor. Like that's just something that I was taught. And then that my mom would yell at me for over and over and over and over again. So now it's just in my brain and now I believe it. And so if I see somebody with their purse on the floor, I automatically assume they want to be poor because they put their purse on the floor. <laughs> and then I tell them, to pick your purse up because this is a bad look for you. Um, but anyway, so that's, that's the feel about crystals. I love them. They're a lot of fun. I also just like, you know, they're shiny and they're pretty. They've come in all kinds of colors. And one thing that lady told me at the store in uh, Tallahassee was she was like, you're supposed to go towards the ones that gravitate to you. Like the ones that mm-hmm. appeal to you, you're supposed to go. I'm like, what? Cause at first I was like, girl, you just pick them cause they're pretty. And then I realized that's what you're kind of supposed to do. Um, you're supposed to be intentional, right? But you're also supposed to pick the ones that stand out. So um, it's just really fun to kind of go and then learn and then see what, what resonates. Um, cool. Okay. So that was good. So I want to talk now about um, really how people can learn to let go. We talked about being lost. Um, we talked a little bit about yoga and crystals, but I want to talk about um, if people really want to cleanse and let go of things from this past year. Um, maybe they did have a spiritual awakening and they realized that they need to let go of X, Y, and Z, or they need to start working towards A, B, and C, whatever. Um, this year wasn't easy for a lot of people. So what do you recommend for them as they move forward just to let go and to cleanse? Everybody write this down. Gratitude is the attitude. Be grateful that 2018 dragged everybody. I wish. <laughs> I'm sorry, I made you. <laughs> it's true. No, like honestly, like it was such a blessing to go through 2018. But at the same time, there have been times, even during prayer, excuse my language, but I'm like, God, you got me fucked up. This is terrible. <laughs> I hope that makes the podcast because that is how rough this year was. But at the same time, how much beauty came from the book, from the, oh my God. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing is my friends, we must be grateful for every single thing that has happened. Yesterday I did a tarot flow, which is my yoga vinyasa. Vinyasa means to move in a special way. So it's my traditional yoga classes that I teach that I incorporate my 4M methodology, which is the meditation, 
the music, the message, um, the music, the movement, and the message. They all go hand in hand. And during the meditation, I was walking the whole class through because this entire class was about letting 2018 go. And I'm going to talk about letting go versus surrender in just a second. But uh, letting 2018 go and what can we look forward to in 2019? And during this meditation, and because I am clear audience, that means I clearly hear. So I hear everybody. And so I'm that person at the party who hears everybody's business, but I'm not going to tell it. Um, I said, can you be grateful? Are you willing to be grateful for everything you walked through in 2018? And I was standing in the cluster where these three women said in unison in their meditation, no, I cannot. And I looked right at them and said, well, you're going to be stuck. So when we are letting go, I call it resignation. So letting go means, all right, God, here you go. I'm just going to give you this problem. Cool. And you get a quick fix. And we're like, oh, yeah, prayer works. Let's get it. But when you fully surrender, my favorite surrender word, prayer, is fuck it. God, you do it. Because surrendering really says, I'm not doing this anymore my way because my way is not working. And when we think about um, allowing 2018 to pass, it is, uh, and that's what the readings I'll be doing um, until uh, January, uh, excuse me, until from now until December, uh, December 31st is, Let's take a review of 2018 and what was the theme of this year. And the theme of this year was not asking for help. Everybody was going through something and they all felt lonely. It felt like they were not worthy of help. And I found that so interesting that the two uh, groups that I read for felt like they were not worthy or, or deserving of help from people from the outside, especially help from spirit because they felt like spirit and other people were too busy to hear what they're going through. So that is one thing I will say is open your mouth and say something. Please ask for help. Please don't think that anyone is too big or too small to, to reach their hand out. And also let's make ourselves available for our friends because we never know what our friends are going through. I'm that strong people that that strong person that people think I don't need anybody, but I most definitely do. So that was one thing I most definitely wanted to make clear to your podcast, uh, the network and Phil, is please ask for help. No matter what it looks like, we always have resources. We have Facebook, we have Instagram that have resources out there for us. We have friends who have professions that can help us. We have our loved ones. And I know that there's um, listeners out there who just literally think that they have no one. Go to Whole Foods. And go get you a juice and sit at the juice bar because you never know who's going to come up there and be your guiding light. You never know who's going to change your life. Um, another thing that we can do to fully release is to do a ritual called bowl burning. Go and sit down and write down what has been bothering you since the word go. So since the reoccurring theme, what's been bothering you, write that down on a piece of paper and ball it up. And continue to write down the main factors, if it's your finances, if it's your uh, colleagues, if it's you. Because some people don't know that they are the people they need to change, but we'll get to that in a second too. So when we're doing this bowl burning situation, it's a full manifestation of what source or spirit or God could and would if it were thought. Because you're taking what's bothering you, you're writing it down on a piece of paper, you're looking at it. You ripped up that piece of paper and you put it in a non-flammable bowl. Let's be clear about this one, a non-flammable bowl. And you burn it and you watch it go to the ether and you still set the intention to be grateful for what has happened. And when we are watching these things burn, we're also surrendering. We're also telling source, you know what? I can't, you can, I'm going to let you do it. 
And the last thing that we can do ritualistically wise is be clear on what you do want. When I walk people through breakups and breakups do mean losing a job, either you quit or you got fired or you got uh, laid off. That is a loss. That's a relationship. We spend more time at work than we do with our own family. Um, And especially like just regular breakups with your partner. I walk people through the clarity of what went well. We already were clear on what happened unless you have to break up when you don't know what happened and you're lost. You don't have that closure that you, that proper closure that you think you need. So I always tell them, be clear on what you want to build. And that's how you get yourself unstuck. So when I manifested my partner, um, I was clear on what was positive and what worked well in the relationship that came before her. And I was very clear on what I wanted it to look like, what I wanted it to taste like. But I also recognized that I needed to let go of the type that I was attracted to because my type was getting me into trouble. And I was like, well, I'm too pretty for this. So let me figure something else out. So I was very clear on every relationship, what worked and what was positive and good about me. Because the more that we dwell and look at the affirmations, look at what's working well, we'll start to manifest that. We'll start to vibrate higher. And while we're vibrating higher, we start to vibrate what we are ready for. And some people are like, well, I keep attracting no nonsense, no good people. Well, girl, check you. What you doing? There's something about you that you're attracting. So instead of saying this thing on outside of me is not good, sure it's not. But start looking at you and see what you're adding to the plate. So if someone is always rubbing you wrong, maybe you're sensitive and you need to see what that trigger is. So when we're thinking about cleansing 2018, the ritual is write down not only what did not work. Be grateful for what it was. Ball that up. Burn it up. Now for 2019, be clear on what did work this year and start working towards that. Boom. And I'm really excited to to do this work too. I, I literally a couple of weeks ago I created a download um, or like a kind of like a done, it's like a worksheet and it, it's a review. It's to do a review over the year. And so you look at 2018 and I have, I think it's 30 questions to mm-hmm. ask yourself. It's just a, a journal prompt really, but you can also, you know, speak it to, um, but it's 30 questions about 2018 and you get to rate the year from one to 10 and, and pick out three adjectives that describe the year for you and the mood of the year, the theme, whatever, um, you know, talk about your accomplishments, 10 top accomplishments or 10 highlights. And then maybe, 10 things that didn't go so well or surprises, whatever. And you go through this and it really helps you take that perspective because the way that I'm feeling about the year now that I've gone through that process is a lot different than before. Like I feel so much better about the year now that I've been able to say, damn, even going through my photos. I also want to recommend this. And I didn't talk about this on the episode. At least I don't think I did um, for the 2018 year end review, but going through your photos, a lot of us are on social media. We're on Snapchat, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're tweeting, whatever. Um, And you've got photos or tweets that were funny or really beautiful. Maybe you traveled or you did something really epic for your birthday. Being able to scroll through, whenever I scroll through my feed, or in my gallery in my phone book, um, not my phone book, my uh, picture gallery in my phone, I am so just excited and happy and grateful. I'm like, damn, I really had to be, if someone got a hold of my phone, they'd be like, damn, bitch, she's been everywhere because I have. And they would see all of the things I've been doing and the cocktails I've had and the 
lattes I've drank and the puppies I've met and just like the friends, the drunken pictures, the drunken nights, right? In San Diego and wherever, like I've had a good year. And so I didn't feel that way at first in December. I was like, yo, this year, because I did, I had many breakups. You break up with friends, right? Relationships that just aren't working. You break up with strangers who you're like, "Eh, this isn't going to work. You break up with colleagues and my job. I had a job for like three years and that ended um, this fall. So there's a lot of breaking up, but there's also a lot of good that happens every year. But you just have to look for it. If you're not looking for it, chances are you're probably not going to find it unless somebody calls you out or, you know what I mean? Like you're just not likely to find it if you're not looking for it. Um, oh, absolutely. Those breakdowns are actually your breakthrough. Those are your spiritual awakenings. But no one's really like aware of that. Like I, like I said earlier, girl, like everyone thinks like when you have a spiritual awakening, you're fixing to like have these parties, but it's just actually the breakdown. And you know, and I also like that you said that you found your core values through that. And that's something else that I walk my students through. What are your core values? Because once you start to figure that out, what you really value, and I hope you're number one on the list, um, everything else starts to trickle down. So I really like that I heard that from you. Yeah, it's it's just doing that inner work and asking the questions and showing up um, and being able to review yourself. Because like you said, if you're if you're continually choosing shitty guys or shitty girls or whatever, shitty people, um, if you're <laughs> continually having the same arguments with the same people or with different people, you've got to take that and start mirroring it back and say, okay, well, where am I screwing this up? Where am I dropping the ball? Because clearly I am the common denominator. The problem is most people don't want to step back and take ownership. So can you speak to that when you see people like those women that you walked up to who you heard say no, what do you say to them to try to, especially if they want to say yes, but they're at this moment, they're just at a no, or at this moment, they just feel like they're at a a crossroads or maybe there's a block. How do you suggest for them to kind of get over their own self and fix their own shit internally so that they can show up in the world as the self that they want to. That is a beautiful question. Affirm them. And what does it mean to affirm someone who's in a constant no? Girl, you right. Because sometimes when people are always in a no, they're waiting for, they're hurting. Hurt people hurt people all day, every day. And when people don't want to change, I always say this number one thing. The pain and change is less than the pain and staying the same. If you keep liking people putting you down and fighting and struggling, some people really love their pain because they've been conditioned to be in that pain. Mm-hmm. And I love that Eckhart Tolle's book, um, A New Earth, Misery Love Company. Pain bodies attract pain bodies. And sometimes people don't know that they're in this pain because they've been nurtured into it. Nurture means they were raised in the pain through trauma or through something traumatic that happened to them and do they have it in their mind if and this is something that even I have to walk through that if I am struggling girl I'm about to get it I mean sure there is struggle in the process absolutely but you don't have to struggle every single day we have to start choosing to do something different if we don't like the people that we're dating baby girl do you like you let's just start there do you like yourself And sometimes the answer is no. And I love that because we are from the Dallas Society. And even when I was watching the Real Housewives of Dallas, because I do do some readings for some of the women there, we're very clear in the city of Dallas that we're very polished here. Even the people who are struggle, we're very polished. But beneath the polish is the pain. And beneath that pain 
is our is the inner child that really needs to be affirmed. And that is who I usually speak to because sometimes those traumatized children are speaking through the adult lips. So sometimes I have to ask them, you know, cause with my clairvoyant work that I do do. Okay. So when you were seven, I see that this happened. So can you see at 47, can you see at 37 that this keeps repeating? So because you're at a no, can you, or are you willing to recognize that because it's happened in childhood that you're repeating this? So you're going to repeat what you do not repair. So if you're going to constantly say no to your change and you don't like where you are headed, how can we co-create your new existence? Because one thing that people like that I, that I do, but they don't like is that, yes, I can see the future, but I'm not going to tell you because the future is never set in stone. That's why we say we co-create because once we start to go back and take care and start healing and doing our inner work, your outer work is going to start to show up and so much differently. And once the inner work starts and the art of the inner healing starts, you start to integrate your soul and start to move differently in the world. Your fortune or, you know, the future that I see will most definitely change. But so if you're always at a no, who or what are you really saying no to? Because some people don't recognize that they're saying no to themselves and they're saying yes to their pain. And I made a promise to myself when I was sitting at my desk in Neiman Marcus Group in high fashion uh, advertising because that's how I made my money to even go to yoga teacher school is I will not be a part of anyone else's misery. I can't do this. I cannot tell anyone to buy this $5,000 bag to make them happy. And then turn around and say, but you also need these $2,500 shoes because I'm participating in their misery. So I always wanted to be the person to affirm that person, but I had to go through my journey to learn why I was hurting and why I didn't want to be around people, why I was a no person. So that is, um, the most important thing I want to leave with that specific, this specific question is making sure that we recognize who's really running the show. Is it the adult version of us or is our hurting inner child running the show? Yep. And that's super important. I had uh, a couple of years ago, I had to come into uh, I had to come to Jesus moment with my little, little Whitney, little Whitney was doing mm-hmm. some reckless shit in Massachusetts when I had a project out there and I, uh, I had to stop. I had to realize that it wasn't grown up of me to be doing some of the things I was doing um, as far as just like taking care of myself. I was running um, a thousand miles an hour. And I had been given a corporate card, or at least I was given a stipend, I think at that point, um, I was given a lot of extra money to do with whatever I wanted and as like a per diem. And I was taking that money and just going all out. I'm talking, we went out. And then the people that I was working with were like wine connoisseurs, but like the real bougie Caucasian type. And we would go out, we would have bottles of wine older than me at the table, like just regular, regular Boston, Massachusetts day. And it got crazy between the stimulants and the downers. It was just a lot. It was a lot. And I gained a ton of weight and I was like, yo, what the fuck? I was mad at old Navy trying to buy some jeans real quick one day. And I was like, I have no idea what size I am. First of all, because I haven't been wearing pants because I've been in San Diego. Now I'm in Massachusetts where it's cold as shit. I have to figure out what to wear. I was overweight. And I had to learn Mm -hmm. that the person who was ordering my food was a little Whitney 
the person who was out and about shopping and, and deciding that, oh, I need a boost right now. I'm going to go to Starbucks. It's only been twice today, but it's fine. And let me also get that coffee cake. And let me also eat like that was not grown up with me. That was something that like I, because I had been told no as a kid when it came to eating out and to dining out that I had to not because there were so many of us, we didn't need it. Stop being extra. You're just being greedy. Um, when I got that money and I got that corporate card later on, I continued to do this. When I got a corporate card, they handed me an American Express and said, hey, bitch, have a good time. And I said, okay. And I did. And then those habits came with me. And I was like, yo, and now I was wondering why I was feeling like shit every day. You want to talk about your adrenals? My adrenals were shot. My energy was shot. My productivity wavered. I was a hot mess, literally hot mess, because I was acting from this, this young, immature place of someone handing me money and saying, have a good time, go crazy. Live your life to the best. Live your life to the fullest. And that, I, I took it way too literal. Um, and I had no self-control. So having to come into Jesus with myself, right? I learned how to slow down, make better decisions. Um, and what ended up happening was I had a coworker who was like a model and um, an actor in, in Los Angeles, of course. And he was very much like concerned about what he was eating every meal. And I was like, first of all, I was like, okay, you need to chill, bro. Like it's just brunch, right? It's just dinner, whatever. But he was really like trying to eat healthy and working out every day and making time for it. And I was like, what the hell? And then I realized that he was doing, even though it was obviously for a lot of vanity reasons, um, but it was also something that he was passionate about. And when he took better care of himself, things happened that were good. Things happened in his favor. And I was like, okay, well, shit. So then I started ordering better and I started making better decisions. And that's when I realized that I had a problem. But it wasn't until, you know, I had that moment where I was in Old Navy and I had blossomed into something way bigger than I had been originally. And I saw someone making better decisions that I decided to take that and, and make it a change. So I think sometimes, you know, it may not happen the first go round, right? You may not learn the lesson the first time. You may get shit on a couple of times, but then later you learn and then you can make a better decision later, especially if you put yourself in a position to meet someone and you attract someone who can help you get through whatever shit you're actually in in that moment. Um, I think that's an important thing to, to kind of add in there as we're talking about this, that level of, of networking and having people in your life that help uplift you because you aren't alone. You've said that a couple of times. You aren't alone. There are people, maybe you don't know them. Maybe you're not aware, right? But there mm-hmm. are people who can help you. Well, absolutely. And it's just being open. I mean, for someone like me who has social anxiety, um, but there's just, I mean, as you said many times, there's just something about my personality. And I remember when I got my first clairvoyant reading, when I went to get um, some rest at this place called the Canyon Ranch. I want everyone to look up Canyon Ranch. It is a uh, glamping, but it's also, what I like to call Harry Potter school. One of the things that I learned is because I do have an open, bright light about me, just like you were saying, I was able to attract the, the help that I needed because just is something about me that people tell me all of their business. I have to learn boundaries now, but when you are open and when you say spirit, I am open to how you're going to help me. There is no telling how you're going to be helped. Just the key is just to remain open and willing to do something different. All you need is a mustard seed of faith. If you've ever seen a mustard seed, it is small, 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 small. It is. And one thing that I also want to add to that just came up in my, in my head, I've been reading this book by Mike Dooley who I just found out about like over the summer. And um, he's been talking about, you know, not worrying about the hows, 
but more so worrying mm-hmm. about, you know, other things as far as staying in the moment and being present and focusing on, on what you want in the end and not necessarily worrying about how it's going to happen. So I think um, that's kind of a cool way to look at 2018 or and also 2019, right? Not how are we going to make 2019 the best year ever or not how are we going to get more connected to source or spirit or, you know, not how can I get my shit together quicker or better or faster than the neighbor or whatever. Um, it's not about the hows. I think the hows asking how is, is really sometimes the wrong answer or the wrong question um, because it won't give you the right answer. You won't get the answer. And if you do, it may not be what you were looking for. So then again, if you're not looking for it, you don't, you don't find it, you don't see it. So I think it's important to spend more time for 2018, for 2019, in my opinion, on the end result, what it is that you want um, at the end. What, what is it that you're looking to achieve, whether it's a romantic partner or um, you want to get more flexible or you want to just, I don't know. I mean, it could literally be anything. Worrying <laughs> about how it's going to happen though is not necessarily going to help you um, get that. And, and one of the things he references in the book, I don't know if you've read anything by Mike Dooley, but this book he talks about he basically correlates the law of attraction with um, a GPS. And so when you put in your destination, like you put your destination and then you, you go, like, that's it. You don't worry about which turns. And I mean, sometimes you do because you're worried about traffic, but if you put it in there and you have a reliable navigator, then you know, it's going to try to take you the fastest and the best route. So you can check, but like, ultimately it's going to take you the way that it takes you and you don't know how that is. And it could change along the way, right? Maybe there is a crash on, I don't know, what's the highway in the, on the 75 in Dallas and you have to reroute, right? It'll reroute you. You don't have to ask it to. So I think that was a really cool parallel um, that a lot of people can take into 2019 is not worrying about how you're going to get to your destination or what it is that you want, but more so worrying about um, focusing on what it is that you do want at the end of that destination, where you're going, um, and then staying present and enjoying the journey as you're getting there. That's really um, the big takeaway that I'm, I'm getting from that book. And I will link that in the show notes. And I think, Brittany, you mentioned um, Thanks, Yes, and Wow, or that book. Isn't that an Anne Lamott book? Isn't that what she called her book? I don't know. I mean, I, um, I used to follow Ayanla Van Zandt. I mean, I still do, but she hasn't produced anything for me to follow. But those were the things that she, when I was very early in my spirituality, she said those were her three favorite prayers. And she said life was a class of prayer and surrender. Interesting. Yeah, I love Ayanla. She's amazing. Um, but Anne Lamont wrote a beautiful book. I love Anne Lamont. She's one of my favorite writers. Um, I believe she's based out of San Francisco. Um, but she is um, African-American, I believe. Um, and she wrote a number of books that I adore. One of them is Bird by Bird, which talks about like mm. doing things, you know, step by step, which I love. Um, and the other one is called, I think it's called Thanks, Wow, something like that. Just look it up. Anne Lamont, follow her, get all of her books. She's amazing. But I will link all these books in the show notes. Um, okay. So we talked about- Oh, wait, can I piggyback one on one thing that you said that I thought was so important? Yeah. Goal setting versus intention setting. I wanted to touch on that. Okay. And being intentional. So when you set intentions, you are present. And it's better to set intentions rather than setting goals. Because when you're in goals, you're so focused on the future that you're, you're very destination specific. And you're also waiting for the external achievement. And you know what? I really do. I don't mind people who are goal setters because they're disciplined. And I love that. I love a good disciplined person. You better go, girl. But when you set intentions, you're more present. You're loving, you're living every single day, trusting and relying on your higher power to do for you, what you cannot do for yourself. 
And also it allows you to um, be in full surrender and have better inner relationships with yourself, which helps other people and inspires and encourages other people around you. So um, when I was in New York City, God or Spirit, when I was meditating, had me write a whole channeled message, because that's another thing that I do is I channel about, uh, I'll, I'll take a picture of it and send it to you, and you can put it on your, uh, on your notes. But I thought it was so in- interesting that the title of this page that I was channeling is called The Grace of Intentional Living. So I loved all of it, what you said. Yeah, I think it's important. And I think one thing I will say is, for me, I think the way that I operate, um, intention supports the goals that I have in a really profound way. Because for me, the goals are great, right? But it's not going to drive, nothing's going to drive me there to that finish line um, or to that destination unless I have an intention and some sort of powerful energy on it. Like I can't, it's just not, it's not the same. And I think that's another piece of some of the books that I've seen is, you know, you can want what you want, but if there's no real reason or there's no energy behind it, then it's just a want, it's just a desire. It's not like something that may happen anytime soon because if you're not putting, right, it's like putting a pot, I think, on like the stove and expecting it to boil, um, but you don't turn the pot on, like there's no, or you don't turn the stove on, like that's not going to get you um, a pot of boiling water um, or some scrambled eggs. It's just not gonna, it's not gonna work. So you've got to have the intention behind the goal. So I've been doing a lot of goal setting um, strategy sessions with people, but you do, you have to do that work. You can't just say, okay, um, in Q1, I'm going to do this. And then in Q2, I'm going to do that. And then expect all that shit to happen next year. Um, you really do have to have, you just can't, I'm just going to keep it real. You can't, you could try, right? I welcome you to try, but I think you're way more likely to get the desired result that you're looking for if you have the intention. So for me, intention, and I learned that from, um, what's her face? Danielle Laporte. I believe, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, she wrote, um, what is the book she wrote? We're really, really big book readers if you guys haven't like seen. Like clearly. (laughs) It's what we do. It's fun. I love reading and learning new shit, especially when it changes the way that you think. I mean, one of the books that changed my life was The Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer. Uh, Brittany, who, what's a book that's changed your life just like in general? Um, the one book that has has flipped me on my head is actually called the anatomy of the spirit by Dr. Caroline Mass. and her last name is spelled M Y S S. And it talks about the seven truths, which the seven truths, which are your chakras and also, um, empath survival guide by Dr. Judith Arloff. And when I tell you it put the nail in the head for me, I have never looked back. And the last one that I'm currently reading right now is inward by young Pueblo. Mm, I've heard about that one. You have to. Girl, I will. I will give you it for your help for the holiday. It. I don't mind buying a bunch of his books. I, they're worth it. Nice, sweet. Well, I will, guys. We talked about a lot of books here, and it may be overwhelming, but I think it's important to understand that this really is a journey. And just like the crystals, one of these books, one of these titles, one of these names will stand out to you, um, especially if you're looking at the list on the show notes. So I just recommend going through the list, looking, maybe you've heard of some people, maybe you haven't, maybe there's a topic or a title that seems to intrigue you. Click on it, look on online. I mean, these books can be found on Amazon, um, in your local, even the used bookstore. I go there all the time and I find, I found one of my favorite books. Um, what is it called? Michael, um, Singer, right? Michael Singer, um, the untethered, untethered soul. I think. Yes. One dollar. The book was like a dollar at the local. I lost my shit. I bought a bunch of them. So I'm actually going to be doing a giveaway because I was so shocked. I already have the book. I love the book. I read it all the time. It's so good. 
it's so good. Uh, and I found that one and I found this other book called The Love Warrior that I read last year that I really, really liked. Um, and that was like two bucks. So, you know, I get, you know, people are spending money on other people right now over the holidays, or maybe you're just completely broke for New Year's, but um, you can find these books in so many places. And I think once you fixate on it and you decide that you want it, you'll, you know, you'll see it somewhere at some point, right? Maybe Amazon will promote it or whatever, but just mm-hmm. put these books, look at them, put them in your shopping cart, put them on your wish list, um, keep them in mind and then look into them and, and hopefully you'll learn, you'll, there'll be some takeaways. And if you do have some takeaways, definitely tag one of us. Um, Brittany, real quick, what's your handle on IG? I'm sorry. What is your handle on IG? On Instagram. Okay. Sorry. I'm so old. I wish I was like, what's IG? Uh, (laughs) It's Addison Prescott, A-D-D-I-S-O-N-P-R-E-S-C-O-T-T. Perfect. So yeah, tag us on uh, social media if you um, decide to to read or if you had any aha moments here, because Brittany's really good at like getting you to have an aha moment at some point where you're like, oh, wait, hold on hold on. That's the kind of thing that happens when you hang out with Brittany. And also I think you should get a reading, right? If you're listening and you're like, Hmm, I would love to have someone tell me about myself and what's going on for, you know, over the past year and, and help get your mind right for 2019. Definitely. Um, Brittany, do you have openings? I didn't even ask you that. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely do. So spirit or God was like, baby girl, I'm gonna need you to stop teaching so many public classes because they're coming. So I actually have a structured my teaching schedule so I can actually handle the volume of uh, uh, personal readings. And I'm actually open to Skype, FaceTime. You can email me, which I don't really particularly like the email readings, but I'll do them. And also um, I can actually come to you or meet you in a, uh, in a, in a neutral territory because I do work from home. So that beauty is I can hand select who comes to my house, but because I do work from home, I don't want everyone to know where I live. So I am most definitely open to helping, especially the Dallas community, um, meet you where you are literally and figuratively. So you can schedule an appointment with me, um, with, uh, at my email address, which is the letter B as in Brittany, Addison Prescott, A D D I S O N P R E S C O T T at gmail.com. Or you can just contact me through my website, which is addisonprescott.com. And then just click on um, contact us or contact me and send me an email and we'll uh, connect you with some time because my scheduling online says I'm busy all the time. I was like, I wish, but that's not the truth. So just email me. Perfect. Yes. Everyone who's listening, who's interested, um, I think, okay, so let's just, if, if somebody is interested in doing a reading, can you just really quickly explain maybe what it would be like, or what's like your typical, what normally happens or what can people expect to happen on a reading? Um, what's expect uh, coming with a reading from, for Brittany is actually literally sitting down with your homegirl you've never met before. And I use them. I usually just do them as a conversation. I allow what we call a clearing. So some people are very nervous when they get here and a girl, I get it. It's a stranger with all these crystals in her house and wearing this fabulous outfit. And you're like, what are you going to tell me? So I always allow a clearing. So all of my readings are 80 minutes and I'm actually, I've learned that I'm actually very generous with my time and my price, but I allow the first five to 10 minutes as a clearing and the clearing means I have a conversation with you. How are you doing today? What brought you here? Some people are already so open that I just start the reading straight away. Um, sometimes I do have a meditation for those who are very, very anxious. 
Um, but what to expect at a tarot reading is I do use tarot and oracle cards. So tarot means the royal road. And it is a mirror to your subconscious. And your subconscious is your soul or your higher self who's speaking to me. I do also do medium work. So that does mean that I do see your ancestors, your spirit guides, or whoever is speaking on your behalf. And I most definitely do what I see, what I call your higher self. Your higher self is who you are meant to be. I read something called your Akashic Record, which is the book of your soul. And it's... um, And I also take care of the present moment. So if I do see something that's going to happen in the future, I will speak to you about it if it's important. But I always want to take care of what's presently happening and also what happened in the past and why my uh, my client has decided to move in the way, in the direction that they're moving. And if if anything, I would like to say that I'm a co-creator with you. So co-creation means that we set intentions, we pray, we meditate, or we... um, we most definitely look and see what's going on. So based on this clearing conversation, that also allows me to uh, ask spirit, what type of spread should I be pulling for this person? Because sometimes someone will come in here with a specific question. And I've actually learned through the workshops and through just my experiences to not allow questions anymore because the tarot cards are going to tell, speak to you about what you need to be talking about. I've had some people who ask me about their boyfriends or their girlfriends and their job came up or they asked me about their job and their health came up. So it's more important just to know that I'm always going to be speaking to you for your highest good. And I also have a boundary that you may not like what I have to say. That's okay. But because I'm a human being and I'm just a messenger, as long as you do not disrespect me or touch my crystals or my cards, we'll be fine. Um, I've had, had, I've had, had some readings where some people have been very upset with me and I'm like, you're upset with the message, not the person. Mm. Um, the last thing you can expect, um, is a crystal. And if I do them over the phone or over Skype, I I will mail them to you. But if you're in person with me, I always have crystals available because spirit always lets me know when I go to the crystal store to pick up certain crystals, not knowing who the person is. And then when I finally get the person here for a reading, they have their crystals ready to go and they're already blessed and ready. Boom. I love it. And there's a lot of information too online on how to like maintain the crystals too. If anybody's like, well, what do I do? Because there's actually like more stuff that you can do, which actually brings me to another question that I want to ask. So before I start that, um, I hope that answered any questions you all had about what a tarot reading is, what it looks like, um, what to expect, at least with Brittany. Um, If there are more questions, feel free to reach out to her on IG or via email or on her website, like she mentioned. I will link all of that in the show notes. Um, But I did want to shift a little bit because I had this uh, thought that I wanted to speak about is about creating new rituals for 2019 and in general. So having that daily ritual, having a morning ritual, whatever, Um, I know having crystals, you've got to take care of them, right? And you can charge them in the moon or in the ground. And there's all kinds of things. I actually went to a crystal workshop this summer um, at a yoga studio, one of my favorites in Virginia. And it was so much fun, but there's work that you have to do with these um, crystals to, I mean, you don't have to, but it's nice to charge them, right? To give them that energy so that they can support you in the way that you need to be supported. But how can people, um, from your perspective, Brittany, get started with some new, soulful, helpful, deep diving rituals that they can implement, maybe slowly, um, you know, adding one or two things every day or every week. But what do you recommend people should do on a daily basis? The first thing that everyone should do on the daily basis when as soon as they open their eyes is they thank you. I do it. 
says, I put my feet on the ground. Thank you. When I open my eyes, thank you. And that actually starts your day. Because your first thought, the first thing that you do when you wake up dictates what you do and how you behave the entire day. And it's also important to know that when I, um, after I say this, it's also important to know that you can pause and reset anytime throughout the day. Even if you're in bed, you're like, Ooh, I can still pause and reset before I go to bed. So the first um, ritual that I think is the most important is to drink a glass of water as soon as you wake up. Um, I'm the queen of Topo Chico just because of the digestive issues that I have. So I do have a ice cold bottle of Topo Chico, some type of sparkling water, some type of water that can alkalize my system. And alkalize means to give it some type of natural energy before I apply all the cold brew or coffee. I do drink as much coffee as I do water. That's why I drink as much water as I do. Um, another thing that I think is important to do is a gratitude list. And gratitude list can be three things that you're grateful for when you wake up in the morning down to 26 things with my spiritual guiding clients that I have. The one thing I have them do every single time we do a check-in is I have an eight week system that I do with people who have come to my tarot and they really need some help is I ask them to do a ABC gratitude list. So A through Z, what are you grateful for? And it becomes fun and it becomes a game because like, what is X, Y, and Z that you can find that you're grateful for? And it becomes something fun and it starts to generate your system. Another thing that I love is sage. Sage is my life. Sage and crystals. I was telling my therapist, sage and crystals don't talk shit. Those are the only two that don't do that to me. <laughs> um, but I love incense. I love crystals. I most definitely burn Palo Santo in sage as soon as I wake up. I most definitely do put water on my face because I am an empath. It's very important for us to uh, be grateful for water, be grateful that we live in America with clean water. Wash my face, wash my hands. I wash the back of my neck, which is where the pineal gland is. Cleanse it. Um, another great ritual to do before you even get past go is to do your five senses. What is the first thing you look at? And sometimes we need to have a picture available. Um, it can be a picture of anything. Some people, one of my clients has a picture of a horse. Because in her mind, horses are wild. They're driven. So she looks at a horse every time she wakes up in the morning. Some people, because they love social media, make sure that you have your, you can do this now. You can set your settings to your social media. They have um, specific pages that inspire you because I don't believe in motivation. Motivation is from fear. Inspiration is from source and it's from, your, from God. So something that inspires you. I love Mantra Magazine. I love Empaths to Be Like. That's one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite IG uh, things to follow. Um, Oprah is great to follow. Uh, Black Girl and Ohm. Anything that's going to get you re um, revving towards the day. Some people have their daily um, books that they like to read. I Right now, I'm currently reading Young Pueblo every morning. So just allowing spirit to say, turn page 85, and I'll read that, and I'll let it resonate with my spirit. And it's on my mind for the rest of the day. And the biggest thing I can always tell people is please eat something before you leave the house. Get your blood sugar right. That is your insurance policy for having a good day for you and everyone around you. And if you're like me and you just have a, your stomach isn't ready to have something to eat, at least have a juice. Or something to get your blood sugar uh, going before you go to the coffee shop and get your coffee. But yeah. the most powerful ritual you can have is the one that you create yourself. So even though I'm giving you some things that I do and things that I suggest for my clients, my clients tell me, I like the water my plant. 
girl, whatever rocks your boat, just do something that means the most to you. Exactly. Exactly. And I really like the, um, so oh, hold on. I did want to ask a question. You mentioned putting water on the back of your neck. Why is that um, a thing? <laughs> so why is it a thing? So because I work, I do clear. So my neck is hurting right now. So my neck and my third eye, because it looks like it's opening up. Mm-hmm. So the pineal gland is where we receive, well, for me, is where I receive some of my clairvoyant information. Mm-hmm. And because um, one of my favorite hashtags for clairvoyance and empathic, uh, uh, empathic intuitive, we have this saying called protect your neck. And it's being mindful of what goes in and what goes out. So I clean my neck a lot. Because also emotions go, come through there. And also uh, intuitive information because it's also connected to my third eye. So I wash my face and I wash my neck a lot. I also use charcoal and lemongrass soap by Pacha. Mm-hmm. So that absorbs all the energy from the day. And, um, or I'll just use, so if, I mean, salt, sea salt, anything with an exfoliant. So just something just to keep you clean. Wow. I'm glad I asked. I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. I, it's funny because I always, um, I like to keep my neck warm. And if my neck isn't warm then or covered for the most part, then I feel weird. Um, same with the top of my head. I've noticed it's really cold in Virginia and wearing a hat that covers the top of my head um, makes me feel heavy. And like, um, I'm going to get a headache. Like the feelings that you get right before you get a headache. I feel that when I cover on the top of my head. So it's like, I got to have either a, a hat or that doesn't like tightly cover my head or that lightly kind of just bows over kind of like a hoodie. Um, so, you know, these things are weird that you notice and you're like, okay, I'm going to change that or I'm going to implement that. So if any of these tips um, spoke to you guys, I definitely recommend um, just trying them. I learned something this week called um, the the barrier of least resistance or something. Um, yeah. Where you, bring in little by little some things like, so if meditation or prayers on your list and you're like, yo, I have not been praying or meditating like I should be, um, then just devoting a minute, just one minute every day and then adding on to that. But you can do a minute, right? 10 minutes may seem like a stretch, even though technically we all could do 10 minutes. One minute makes no sense not to do. So figuring out where you're bandwidth is for a lot of this stuff. Um, maybe you don't um, journal every morning, but because they recommend, there's a lot of people who recommend journaling first thing in the morning um, because it just it brain dumps. Like you just, I don't know. It's just like, for me, it's like word vomit, but it's like emotional vomiting too. Like I just get it all out. No one says anything back to me. I don't feel guilty. <laughs> it's beautiful practice, but um, yeah, figuring out what works for you and then doing it and then trying to show up as much as you can. So um, I think those are great tips. I think those are all really great, or at least great ideas to get people started. So um, you guys can put your spin on it, right? Maybe you don't do gratitude lists from A to Z, but you do it one through 15. And then, or for the day of the week, you'll do it for like whatever the, the date is. So if today is the first or the 31st, whatever you write down here, you can get creative. There's a ton of stuff on Pinterest. Um, hopefully you guys are following my Pinterest page. I've got a lot of this shit on there as well, as far as like self-care routines and just different things and rituals. But um, I'm glad that you shared those with us because Palo Santos is, uh, it's, it's powerful. Incense, aromatherapy, right? Yes. It's fourth chakra healing. Cause that is, um, and that's also something that I was going to say to you that with you're covering your neck and covering your head, that's where you, Whitney, are receiving your intuitive information. 
So you know that, oh, I need to put my something on my head because you're actually protecting yourself. And I think that's pretty interesting that you're intuitively knowing how to handle things that used to baffle you. Um, with the aromatherapy and with the crystals is what we call fourth chakra healing because it's actually doing something with your heart. It's helping you be grounded with your heart and your spirit. So it also... Um, with the diffusers, I do um, because I do have voiceover actresses and famous people who do come to my house. I, you know, I have to, you know, be very adaptable. So if you have two diffusers and like five million sticks of incense, and I just know intuitively what mixture to mix for these people who come to help them have a groundedness and a stronger sense of self. So that's also something important to know is um, what if you like the way it smells, keep it around. Yeah, I love sandalwood. Sandalwood is my jam. Actually, um, the Chopra Center in wherever in California, Carlsbad, but they have a sandalwood that changed the game for me. And it's one of my favorite incense. You should have seen me. I got down to like three and I was rationing those bad boys. I was like, no, this is only for special occasions. <laughs> I got real because I couldn't find it. And then I finally was able to find it. And they were like, you know, it's going to take you three weeks to get it. And it, but it was so worth it. So find the candles. Um, I think with candles, you want to get the soy candles, the soy-based ones, um, because some of them can be real toxic. But just, you know, burn stuff that smells good. Get essential oils that smell good. Diffuse and get your uh, aromatherapy popping because it's fun. But I would actually love, um, Brittany, if you're up for it, um, and if listeners are interested, I would love to do an episode just on the chakras and talk about that maybe one day and maybe how the chakras can help in different aspects of business or... um, work-life balance or meeting people intentions stuff like that we can have a whole i think that could be a whole conversation um maybe sometime in 2019 i would love to i most definitely um because it all goes hand in hand because we're what's really happening this year and i'm really glad that we're talking about this is we're all going back to nature we're all going back to the things that of are natural instead of going for something chemical so i think even your podcast, everything that you're doing, I think it's just, it is very influential and congratulations. I would love to. Thank you. Yeah, that'd be great. So, okay. So we're going to wrap up for today. Um, again, I'm, I'm really, I'm really thankful Brittany was able to join um, to have this conversation because the year um, 2019 is right around the corner. And if you're listening to this in 2019, know that you can start any day, right? Anytime. Um, any minute, any hour, it doesn't matter. Um, if you have an intention to start fresh, to add some new things into your routines, new rituals into your life, whatever, to just be a better person, um, you can do any of these things and learn about any of these things at any time. This is not necessarily only for 2018, um, but I am thankful that we're having this conversation, like you said, in, in 2018, just to wrap things up. But again, you can use this to wrap up the day, the week, the month, the quarter, etc., the season even. So, um, yay, this was really fun. Yes. Thank you so much. Like I have honestly been looking forward to this ever since you asked me and you're like, you're a bright light in my life. And I was like, yes, thank you. Oh my God. You are such a blessing. And thank you so much for doing this for all, for everyone. And I really hope that this reaches and, um, inspires people to start living their best life. I do too. I do too. And again, everybody listening, you can follow Brittany on social media. She's on Instagram. Um, you can follow her, um, go to her website and look up more information, send her a note. If you want to get a reading, there's still time. Um, definitely check the schedule. If you're looking in 2019, if you don't see a time, um, that works for you, obviously send her a note. Um, and you can follow me 
Whitney on Instagram, Whitney Danielle Coaching. And you can also follow the podcast at Network and Spill. Um, we have new episodes every Thursday and voicemails on Sundays. I really appreciate you all joining me and I will see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.